Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, time once again for the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being back. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Mariners did. It was a nice, fun weekend at the yard as the Mariners taking on the Tigers. A four-game sweep of Detroit, including a couple of walk-offs. So we'll get to all of that coming up in just a few minutes. Mike Blowers is going to be by. He's going to chat about some of the cool stories that we saw over the weekend. Some things you just do not see very often and when you do in this game. Really warms your heart, so he's going to talk about that. We'll hear from a couple of those guys as well. Nola Court, who both had very nice weekends. We'll also hear from Matthew Boyd, a pitcher for the Tigers who pitched yesterday, but some deep ties, local product, and grew up watching the Mariners. It's fun to hear from him, so we'll do that in a few minutes as well. But let's quickly review what was a very fun weekend Mariners took the first game on Thursday, put up some big numbers offensively. Friday, a different story. As they were trailing in the ballgame late, it was seventh inning, down 2-0. That was changed. Norris comes set, now deals. Swing and it's clubbed out to left field. Good run, back on the track, looking up and at the wall. He bangs into the fence. It's gone over the wall for a home run. Murphy just clears the yellow stripe in left field. And the Mariners catcher has tied this game at two in the seventh inning. 2-2 at that point, and then Malik Smith would go on to win it. Walk-off style for the Mariners. And the 3-2 on the way, swing and a line shot in the center field, a base hit. Here comes Kyle Seager on to score. A walk-off single for Malik Smith, and the Mariners beat the Tigers 3-2. Malix is being mobbed out there in shallow right field. Smith coming through on a 3-2 pitch. A low rocket into the gap in right center field. Scoring Seager from third. And the Mariners take game two of the four-game series. Everybody on their feet here at T-Mobile Park. And Malik Smith with a walk-off winner. An RBI single here in the bottom of the ninth inning. What a win for the Mariners tonight. Here at T-Mobile Park, and look at that smile on the face of Malik Smith. So Mariners get the win in Game 2. Game 3, more the same. Plenty of offense on the board. They win 8-1, to one, but this one special. A day that Ryan Court, no doubt, will never forget. He got his first Major League start after toiling away for years and years and years in the minors. At age 31, his first Major League start, and he comes through with a couple of hits in this ball game. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Swung on, ground ball up the middle, right over the bag at second, into center field, a base hit for Ryan Court. He drives in Austin Nola. The Mariners with a 3-1 lead on Ryan Court's first big league base hit, along with his first major league run batted in. Way to go, young man, Ryan Court. He wasn't done either. He would do some more damage later. Court ready, the 3-2 again. He swings and golfs it into the gap in right center field. Jones picking up speed, picking up speed on the warning track, and it bounces off the wall over the fence. Ryan Court brings in Christopher Negron, and he brings in Ostinola. It's a ground rule, two-run double. And the Mariners have added on 
It's eight to one in the bottom of the seventh. They would look for the sweep. You knew it wouldn't be easy with Boyd on the hill, who we'll hear from in just a few minutes, but kind of the same formula as a couple of nights ago. Mariners were down, but a home run would tie things up late. The 0-2. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Back she goes. Goodbye baseball. Off the hand-operated scoreboard in left. Above Edgar's Cantina. Domingo Santana with his 20th home run of the year has just tied the ball game at 2-2 here in the bottom of the eighth. And this time, it was Crawford in 10 innings to win it for the Mariners on some nice base running by Dylan Moore. Cisnero sets, pauses, pitches. Swing and this is lofted out to shadow center field. Jones charging in, dropping, dropping in for a base hit. Here comes Dylan Moore. Jones throw home. It is not in time, and the Mariners walk it off for the second time in this four-game sweep. This time it's J.P. Crawford who has to run for cover. He's being tackled by second base as his little parachute job in a shadow center is all she wrote today. And the Mariners win it. They win it in 10 innings. They walk off the Tigers. A final score on just a gorgeous day in Seattle. It's 3-2 to two with the Mariners win. Yeah, a lot of fun for the Mariners as they uh, have some good feelings after sweeping Detroit. Winners of five in a row. They took... Two of three from Texas. Ended up being a pretty good homestand for the M's. Tough trip. Uh, off day today. Then two in Arlington against the Rangers. Off day again. And then three in Houston. And the Astros are really rolling before returning home for the Padres and Tampa Bay. Why don't we hear from Scott Service after the ball game yesterday? Yeah, really, really, uh, really good homestand by our guys. They really competed well uh, the whole 10-day uh, homestand, um, certainly finishing off here on a nice streak. Uh, you know the Tigers are they're, they're down, they're a little banged up, but you still got to go out and play. You got to make make plays, make pitches. Um, you know I thought we did did that today. Uh, Boyd was really good. Uh, he really kept us off balance, had good stuff, located really well. Um, it's about as good a uh, starting pitching outing against us as we've seen in, in quite a while. So got to give him a lot of credit. But that being said, we found a way to, to keep him right there and give us a chance at the end and a couple of big hits. And uh, great job by Dylan Moore, not just the double, but the base running. Uh, the, people don't understand how hard it is to, to take off on that ball when it's in the air. Is the center fielder going to catch it? Where do I go? And if he doesn't take off right away, he does not score on that play. So awesome job by, by him. Really, everybody's contributing right now, and that's, that's why it's fun here in the clubhouse. Or how about him crawling back to second base? I mean, that... That was going to be a close play if you tried to stretch it to three. Yes, it was, and you don't make the first out at third. <laughs> we know how, how that's supposed to work out. So, uh, yeah, you know, we did a nice job there. You know, we missed a, missed a couple signs there in, in the last inning, but, you know, we'll continue to work on that. JP, come through then. Really, yeah. yeah JP's been um, – he's really been uh, – played really hard for us. And, and, you know, we've seen him when he gets hot with the bat, what that looks like. You know, he's been scuffling a little bit lately. Uh, gave him the day off yesterday. Uh, you know, some tough at-bats early in the ball game. Um, you know, the strikeouts. He's finding a way to just you gotta just get the ball in play there, and, and that's what he did. So, again, continues to play really well defensively, um, carrying himself great. And we're seeing him kind of uh, mature right before our eyes, which is, which is awesome to watch. Domingo, the elbow probably felt pretty good on that one. Yeah, I've been waiting for Domingo to get into one. Uh, you know, he hit a ball earlier in the game for the base hit. Uh, you know, he got a fastball up there, and, and he got just enough of it to, to get it out. So, uh, big hits in the game. You know, you get two out, nobody on the eighth. You're thinking, okay, here we go. How are we going to? But keep your clo their closer out of the game, and you know, it's big, big hit. 
its first four game sweep for you guys since I believe April. Uh, oh, that'd be that? Kansas City, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember. <laughs> so, was, was that discussed before the game? No, no, no. Guys are just uh, you know show up every day, uh, get ready to play, and you know follow the plan. It's going to allow us to, to win the game, and it really starts with pitching. In this series, our pitching has been really good. Uh, I thought Whistler did a nice job opening. Uh, Tommy Malone kind of held him in check. You know, we're down two nothing. The bases are loaded, and we get a double play to get out of it, which is a huge, huge point in the game. They extend that lead, and then you're a little bit of hold, bigger hole to dig out of. So, uh, really, the whole series, our pitching has been really solid. Uh, nice to get Hunter Strickland back today. Uh, he certainly looked healthy, um, letting it go out there. No, no hesitation or reservation at all in letting it go. So, that's a good sign moving forward as well. Was that a plan to put him in? Yeah, he was going to pitch today. Uh, you know, whether we're down, whether we're up, it worked out fine. It was a tight ball game, but uh, you know, Murph made a great throw to, to pick up an out for him in that inning, and then get him out of there after that was great. Tommy had some struggles coming into this one off his last two starts. What was different today? Uh, location. I located his fastball really good. He had a little bit more life on the fastball. Uh, Tommy actually has the ability, even though he doesn't pop the gun at you know 93, 94 miles an hour, but he can get the ball up in the zone. He's got right on his fastball and working the changeoff off of that. And you saw that a lot today, the up, down, you know, the vertical stuff, much more than just the side to side. Domingo's elbow had been bothering him at all at the plate? Or uh, not at the plate, no. He hasn't had any issues, no, um, nothing holding him back there with his swing. He's, you know, working out. He won't be out in the field for a while. We'll continue to, to you know, kind of massage that and slow play that back there. But uh, it's nice to have his bat back in the lineup, that's for sure. How big is that to have him in the right-handed presence? Oh, it's huge. It gives us balance. And, and against the left-handed pitching that we see, it really is important. Him and Tim Beckham and Murph, how they're able to, to handle left-handed pitching, really, really key for us. There was that Scott service after the ball game. Some great stories over the weekend as well. You heard about Ryan Court there. Uh, we're going to talk about him with Mike Blowers in just a moment. Also hear from Matthew Boyd. We'll hear from Court himself, Austin Nola as well, as Shannon Dreher sat down with both of them separately. So a lot to get to with the rest of this podcast. And we'll talk to you as we move through this week as the Mariners update today and then Texas for two. Right now, Mike Blowers. Well, I thought yesterday was so cool. Ryan Court, I, these are the stories that are just the best. I mean, a guy that's banging away forever, yeah, including Independent League this year. He gets his first Major League start and contributes in such a big way. A couple of hits, drives in a run, just a massive day all the way around. It's so great. Yeah, it's amazing to me. You know, when I was watching him yesterday, it really it reminded me one of a teammate of mine in Rich Amaral, mm. who did the same thing. He was 31 years old when he made it to the big leagues and actually got a chance to play for quite a while after that. Uh, but for Ryan yesterday, and we've seen it so often this year with all the changes that the Mariners are making, but you just have to be thrilled for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's rare that I ever do this, but I actually leaned over from where I sit to watch the game to see his family mm. and their reaction to him yesterday. And what a big deal that is. I, th I think sometimes because we watch this every day and the guys, they, they come and they go, you forget about it. And then to see him after the game, get pictures with the family oh, on the field and all that stuff, it's pretty cool, man. And, and to see him get his first hit yesterday was awesome. So I was doing post-game yesterday, and, I mean, the stadium was empty. They, they had a concert after the game for – How was it? Uh, it was good. For yeah. a, There was a, a small gathering here. But, you know, the rest of the park is empty. People are gone, and court is still – in front of the dugout, he's signing every single autograph that anyone wants, you know, throwing him balls or whatever. And, you know, I just thought good for him. You know, soak it all in. There are no guarantees for tomorrow, 
this is your day. It's a day you'll never forget. Just soak it all in. I felt so good for him in that he moment. He was an independent ball this year. <laughs> I know. And now he's yeah. in the big leagues. Yeah. In a lineup, driving in runs. Driving in runs. For the Mariners. I mean. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible thing, though, when you think about what this means to so many guys that, quite frankly, don't get the opportunity. I know. And if you're willing to hang in there till you're 31 years old, he's married, he has a family, and now he gets a chance. It's really cool. Like I said, I, I talk about Richie Ammer all the time, and I asked Richie one time, I'm like, why? Why? There's no pension in the minor leagues. Yeah. There's no benefits in the minor leagues. None of that stuff is there. You're, you know, it's paycheck to paycheck. And he said, for the chance to be here. That's pretty cool. Mm. And then it comes through, and, and Richie was a big part of our playoff teams and stuff like that. And, and for Ryan, I just thought it was a really cool thing, and we've seen it again a number of times. Hopefully Lopes gets back. That was unfortunate to see him. Yeah. You know, end up with a concussion. He's in the protocol, but hopefully, when he, when he get, he's able to come back, he gets back in there and picks up his hit also. But it was really cool all the way around. I think about how right place, right time plays such a big role into this. And I think at a moment like that, I think about all the guys who could have contributed at this level at some point, but just for whatever reason didn't get the chance, was blocked, or maybe they did called up at, at some point and they had like. The worst week, and they went 0 for 4 or whatever, and that was point. it. I mean, I just think about those guys all the time. It, it's it's a great point, and there's so many times. Well, we're seeing it also in Austin Nola. Yeah, exactly. He's 29 years old, hasn't had a chance. He's probably – this is his one opportunity, and to watch him make the most of it. I mean, he's swinging the bat as well as anybody in the mm-hmm. lineup right now. But you, that's exactly right. You know, I think back on my career, and I came up through the Expos, worked my way all the way to AAA – Tim Wallach was the third baseman in the big leagues, all-star gold glover. I could have sat there for five more years. Yeah. But I was fortunate in that the team was doing well at the major league level. They wanted to upgrade. I get traded away. Randy was traded away. And that opened up the door for me to have an opportunity to get the big leagues. It didn't have to happen that way. I could have just sat there. Mm-hmm. Um, go up in the September, you know, do that whole thing, and never really get an opportunity. But getting traded was my opportunity. The first time I didn't make the most of it. The second time I get traded to Seattle, that's when it all happened for me. So you have to have those things yeah. in there. And it's amazing the way it works. And you're right, Gary. You know, you could just have a bad week, and that's the end of your career. And, yeah, you're much, and you it. could be a much better player than that. Yeah. Nobody ever knows. So it's, it's really cool. It's really cool to see these guys get the opportunity, but even better for them to take advantage of it and, and get something out of it like Nola is, like Ryan did yesterday. Hopefully he gets a chance to play some more. But it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a great situation for all of them. And it's also a pretty good reminder probably to a lot of their teammates who are still in the minor leagues to just keep banging away at it because you never know what can happen. It can happen. And yeah. appreciation, I'm thinking, even for veterans that have been in the majors for a long time, just seeing that has got to be refreshing in a way. Did just you a see reminder. the dugout yesterday? Yeah. I mean, when he, when he right. picked up that base hit, they were all at the top step yeah. because they all know what that means, yeah. what it means for him, his family, and what's going on. It may be that we don't know it. I mean, he obviously picked up another hit later, but that could have been the only hit he ever got. That's right. But there it is. He, he got that out of the way, and it means so much to these guys, and it's really cool, and we're getting an opportunity to see that on a daily basis, and we're probably going to see some more. I mean, you know, we're a month away from September, and there are going to be some more call-ups, more guys getting their first opportunity, which is really cool. I think that's right. Thanks, Blow. You got it. And here's Shannon with Ryan Court. Shannon Dreyer here in the dugout catching up with the newest Mariner and Ryan Court. And Ryan, just a, a fantastic story, but now you've had a full night of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> what have the last 48 hours been like? How do you put it all together? Oh, man, a uh, whirlwind of emotions, um, a lot of gratitude. 
um, it's been exciting. It's been, um, you know, the lifelong dream. But once I got here, the guys really embraced me, the, the staff. Everyone was very, very welcoming and made it feel like, you know, I've been here for years. So uh, the transition's been <clears throat> fairly, um, I wouldn't say easy, but fairly, very comfortable. So it's been good. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to play um, and all of that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did Darren Brown tell you you were coming? Um, well, we had found out that Timmy had gotten hit in the face. Um, he told me that that had happened and that you know they needed another guy, um, and then just said congratulations and that it was my time. So uh, that was very emotional as well. You know, it's funny I went out to dinner with my family last night and gave a toast and was like, you know, I'm all out of tears. So this is the, you know the best I can do. Thank you guys so much, but. I have no more tears left to cry. So now it's just enjoyment from here on forward. And I think the the overall emotional wave of everything, um, you know, can be a lot that first day, um, especially with night game and day games. So two games in 24 hours type of thing. But now it'll just be enjoyment. I can I can really lock in on the game, getting better and doing everything that I can to help the team win. But um, it'll be nice to move forward. Look one back before we go forward. If you had yeah. to point to one thing, what was it that really kind of kept you going and decided, you know what, I'm going to give this all I've got until I can? You know, I think it was the fact that when you've played for so long, you'll see guys that you play with that are going up and having success and knowing that I can do what they were doing. And I always felt that I was able to play in the big leagues and it was just going to be a matter of the right time, um, you know, right place, right time. And that just happened to be here. Um, you know, and, and there were so many people in my life, and I've talked about it a lot, that never let me quit on myself. You know, even when times were tough, when I would go to indie ball and maybe be struggling in indie ball and being like, you know, I'm, you know, especially this year, I'm 30 years old. Like, do I keep going? Is there going to be a chance to get into the big leagues? And no one ever let me even second question, you know, second second guess it. And I would ask, and they would respond right away, "Hey, you're not you're not stopping until they rip that jersey off your back." So that was my philosophy the whole time. Opportunity came up with the Mariners organization. What did you think when you were approached for that? Um, the Mariners called right out of any ball, and you know I, I wanted to jump on it. They were the first team to give me a chance to play, and I'm not going to, you know, wait any offer. You know, they believed in me, so of course I jumped on it right away and was excited to report to Tacoma. You get into the organization. What do they? Do? I mean, do they look at you any differently? Do they treat you? Do you see anything different that you hadn't seen anywhere? Um, this organization is incredible. They treat everyone um, as equals and are, are willing to do anything to help you get better. Um, that was very clear as soon as I got to Tacoma. It was, hey, whatever you need, what, anytime, we're going to help you. And that's been the transition when I've gotten here. So, uh, like I said, they gave me this opportunity. And I can't say thank you enough. Um, you know, the whole organization from top to bottom. Even when I was rehabbing in Everett, the same thing, same philosophies. They, they, anything to get those kids better. So, it's been amazing. How much are you looking forward to working with Perry Hill out there? Very excited. Um, a little nervous that I'm running a little late, but not late. But um, it's going to be exciting. It's all good. What would you do with the baseball from the first hit? Um, it's in my locker. So I gave the first ball that I lined out, the first ball I put in play to my dad. Um, he's very appreciative of that, but I have the ball in my locker with the lineup card. And I'm sure I'll figure all this stuff out in the next uh, upcoming weeks of what I do with this lineup card and the ball and all that stuff. But everything's pretty much just jammed in my locker right now. Have you finished out bre- or figured out breakfast yet? Chef Jeremy's pretty good. Yes, I figured out breakfast. Um, it was nice. I stayed at the hotel, so I was able to just walk right over. But, uh, yes, tomorrow will be the off day. Just, like, 
being able to respond and settle in, and it'll be good. The family will be out now and um, kind of just get back to playing baseball. So we are enjoying it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And that was Ryan Court, who got his first big league hit last night after nine years in the minor leagues. And now Shannon with Austin Nola. Shannon Dreyer in the dugout catching up with Austin Nola. And Austin, we have... Uh, been away for a few days and we've kind of we haven't been able to see everything but we're kind of looking at the numbers watching as they come down all of a sudden we see big home run yesterday and uh, not surprising in the least in, in what you have been doing this year what has changed for you this year uh, I just really focusing on you know pitch selection and getting a good pitch and just doing that in all my work and everything and basically taking the result out of it and just mostly focused on the process of getting into my position to get a good pitch to hit and putting a swing, and that's it. I, I really don't worry about what happens after that. <laughs> Why this year? Um, it's just ma- mainly mostly just getting more consistent time to practice it and really focus on realizing that that is the most important thing at the plate is if you swing at a good pitch and you're on time, that good things will happen over time. And uh, really instead of worrying so much about result and doing anything else I just that's really been the biggest thing is uh just doing those two things and trying to get exceptional at both of them who was instrumental in getting you to that point and realizing that I think the Mariners have been excellent with the the way they do things with their the analytical side and uh with also with using you know they give us these reports after the game of the pitches we swung at in our zone I think that has been huge to look at is uh just to know where those pitches are at and which ones I'm swinging at and which ones I should and be shouldn't swing at and it's just kind of a, a way to analyze it after the game rather than focus rather than focus on the mechanical now you can look at that side which is the most important thing is did you swing at a good pitch at the time okay you've got to have a lot of confidence in your mechanics then if you're able to yeah to I mean it's too late it's too late now to work on mechanics if you're in the playing it's, mm-hmm. the game's too fast to, to think about any type of mechanical so it comes down to those really simple but very hard to do things is swing a good pitch especially when pitchers are as good as they are now and uh with, with the kind of stuff they have so it's it's definitely a daily process of work you're a guy that uh, has moved around the diamond you've you've taken on new positions you've learned the toughest position on the field in catching in your development where has the hitting always been for you um uh, i feel like i've always been somewhat consistent um at just going up there and doing my job especially situationally and uh putting the bat on the ball so um, I think it's just constant improvement and uh, working with, uh, obviously, we have some great people in this organization to, to work with and guys to look up to. So I uh, really pick a lot of guys' brain and just try to learn as much as I can because uh, there's a lot of guys here successful, and I just want to take a piece from each one of them. Give me an example of one thing from one guy. Oh, I mean, I watch uh, Daniel Vogelbach at the plate. I watch Kyle Seeger. I watch all these guys that uh, really have good approaches at the plate and have done it for a long time. And, uh I really respect how they go about the game and how they, you know, how they work. So I like to take a little piece from each one of them. And those are just a few. I mean, there's plenty more guys that I'm watching and learning from. As you say all of that, we watch one of the uh, numbers guys run out to the bullpen with a Rapsodo machine. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. this this organization is using absolutely, and I can call him that. I've, te- I've teased him about calling him that. I do know his name. But they use everything at their disposal. Are, are there things that you've seen that you haven't seen before? Yeah, it's the first time I've seen... Uh, this type of analytics, but um, I think everybody's doing it. Yeah. I think it's it's a common thing, and it's just another way to, to get better and another part of the, the game that we have to learn and uh, grow in knowledge of. And, uh, you know, you pick and choose what you want to use, and uh, 
I, they really work hard, so I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, getting to see the difference and seeing, you know, how it plays into the game. Got a new face up in the clubhouse today in Tim Lopes. What can you tell us about him? No, I love playing with Tim. He's a very energetic, exciting player. He has all the tools, so uh, I'm excited to get to see him, and uh, I'm sure he's going to do great things. Oh, it's been great seeing what you've been doing out there. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Shannon. Appreciate it. And Rick Riz, a chance to chat with Northwest product Matthew Boyd. Well, this afternoon, the Mariners get ready to take on the Tigers' final game of the four-game series here at T-Mobile Park. A chance to visit with today's starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, but a kid who grew up on Mercer Island. He's a Northwest kid getting the start for the Tigers, Matt Boyd. And, and Matt, uh, I don't want to talk too much about baseball right now. You're busy getting ready to face the Mariners this afternoon. But in your bio, we always find interesting things. It says you're a distant relative of Bob Feller and also, and this one really got me, Dolly Madison, first lady of our country many, many years ago. Let's start off with Bob Feller. How did you find out, when did you find out, you were a distant relative of the Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians? Well, uh, you know, when I was at Eastside Catholic, it's my senior year, Baseball America comes around, they do, uh, you know, little draft profiles, right? Now, I wasn't drafted after my, my senior year. I ended up going to Oregon State, but um, when we had the meeting, you know, the person comes over to interview you or whatever, uh, that night, my grandma happened to be over, and um, she knows. Uh, she, her, her name's Ruth Troll. She has so much. Her, the, the 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 lineage. She has it all down. Really? And these are coattail relatives. I, I, I'm not trying to hang my hat on either one of these. <laughs> um, but uh, um, but yeah. So Bob Feller uh, was. Um, I'm, I'm I'm probably going to say this wrong, but um, was uh, my great grandma's cousin, and um, yeah. So. Uh, I never had the the honor of, of ever talking to him or whatnot. Um, I had I had a signed picture, you know, in yeah. my uh, in my bedroom growing up. But um, uh, but yeah, it's it's distant, but um, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. I'll tell you what, that's where you get your pitching acumen, then, right? <laughs> he was pretty good. That's what my mom likes to say. Yeah, yeah. from her side. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that takes care of Bob Feller, one of the yeah. great pitchers in the history of the game of baseball. What about Dolly Madison, the first lady of our country, many years ago? It is so. I this one's even obviously farther down, but it's on the same family side, same side of the family tree um, on my mom's side uh, through my grandma. And honestly, I couldn't even tell you how far far that one's removed. I, I that that one's written down. That's that's one of those uh, that you need to write down. But it's from it's from my my great grandmother um, and and uh, and on her her mother's side way down the road. And it's um it's a uh, it's some, it's some pretty cool stuff. We did the we did the ancestry. Obviously, we couldn't get back that far, but uh, yeah. but we we had the links with the with the, with some of the fellers and and uh, the feller family and all. But uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I love. I tell you what, if I got my grandma on the show, she would love to talk <laughs> about this. And you would need you would need more than the thirty minutes prior on on, on the pregame show. So yeah. <laughs> Well, interesting lineage uh, of your family. You're related to Bob Feller and also Dolly Madison. But uh, let's talk about Matt Boyd. Uh, what a year it's been for you and your career. You grew up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, grew up on Mercer Island, and uh, you go to Oregon State. Uh, what was that like for you to be able to pitch there and get to the College World Series? Uh, was it your junior season? Uh, senior year, yeah, 2013. Um, my last, it was, it was amazing. It, best four years of my life. Um, you know, so many things happened there. I grew not only as a ball player, but as a man under Pat Casey, uh, you know, Pat Bailey, Nate Yeski. Um, I grew, I grew so much there. I, I've made lifelong friendships, you know, with 
I mean, yeah, Tony Bryant from who went to Kennewick, you know, and these now working in Portland, he's going to come up on Sunday. You know, he's the best man at my wedding. I was the best man in his. I mean, you know, the, we got guys all around the big leagues. It, it was it was special. And then going to that College World Series, it was my last game I ever pitched for Oregon State was in the College World Series, and it was it was really special. It was a complete game shutout against Indiana to keep us alive one more day. And, nice. uh, you know, it was um, – it's just – it's, you know, I – the cool thing about that was just playing in the Northwest – you know, Pat Pat Casey and that, and that program epitomizes what you know it means to play baseball in the Northwest and and the pride that takes on. You know, you don't get a lot of recognition yeah. being up here, and uh, but you play in the cold, you play hard nosed baseball, and uh, he created that culture, and it was so special. Now, Matt, you've been here before. You're getting ready to pitch this afternoon here at this beautiful ballpark. What's it like to come back home and pitch against the Mariners? It's uh, it's kind of a surreal experience. You know, I remember. Uh, coming down on a on the metro you know with with my buddy cam wilson growing up and and you know buying center field bleacher takes and sneaking yeah. down and 2000 sitting against the behind the foul pole against the back uh on carlos guillen's push bump past frank thomas to, oh, to go to the alcs you know my dad pulled me out of school or you know going to the kingdom and i feel like I, my dad brought me to every game i don't remember how you know i don't remember some of the you know edgar's double and all but apparently i was there and you know a little thing it's just it's special right i i I grew up, you know, listening to you and, and Dave Niehaus. And every game, every game after summer ball, my dad in the Crown Victoria would flip on, you know, <laughs> 950 or 710 or later on, you know, Como yeah. 1000. And we'd, we'd, listen to, oh, wow. we'd listen to you guys all the way home, right? And it was, it's, uh, it's special. It's surreal. I, I'm, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of crazy that, you know, I got to sit up in the stands and I always knew that I would be here, whether – how realistic that was in my in my mind, I, or to everyone else, I don't really know. But uh, I always believed it, and it's uh, yeah. it's special. You're giving me goosebumps talking about <laughs> Edgar's double, and you know, sitting here at uh, T-Mobile Park as a kid. Who was your favorite Mariner as a kid growing up here in the Northwest? I mean, born born in the early yeah. '90s, right? Yeah. It, it was it was Griffey, yeah. and you know, it was it was imitating the big unit and and Edgar Martinez, and but I mean, all those guys, you know. I, Jay Buhner, Jamie Moyer is that went on, you know, being from the Northwest and those two, early 2000 years, John Olerud, it, those were some of the guys that, you know, you just, it, it was special. I mean, my dog's name is Griffey, for goodness sake, you know. It's a, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's, it's a. What it, kind of dog is it? It's a French bulldog, yeah. Yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but you know it's a it's a small dog but you know it's, it's got a, it's got a big heart so. it's got a big bite yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but you know i mean that's that's just you know that's growing up that's what it was and it's uh you know it's it's really special you know it's something that uh, i mean you know mariners will always have a special place in my heart well, i tell you what i can speak on behalf of all the fans here in the pacific northwest we're all proud of you and and good luck even today against the mariners and the rest of your career it's always great to see you man take care buddy thank you rick